In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we take a look at the deadly years. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of Trekking Through Compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking Through Compliance, Episode 41, The Deadly Years. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode The Deadly Years, which aired on December 8, 1967, and occurred on Stardate 3478.2. Story Synopsis. When Chekhov, Spock, Lieutenant Galway, Kirk, McCoy, and Scotty beam down to resupply the experimental colony on Gamma Hydra 4, they initially find no one home. Kirk is puzzled since he has just talked to the leader of the expedition only an hour before. Stranger still, Chekhov finds a dead man in one of the colony's buildings who appears to have died of old age. However, Spock maintains this cannot be true because the expedition was composed of only young people. The leader, Robert Johnson, who is age 29, then appears along with his wife, Elaine, age 27. They both appear to be extremely old. Kirk beams the landing party up together with those colonists who are still alive. Aboard the Enterprise, the colonists die of old age. Kirk puts Spock, Commodore Stocker, who is on his way to Starbase 10, and his former flame of six years, four months, and an odd number of days, Dr. Janet Wallace, on the investigative team. The only unusual event which Spock can determine is that of a comet which has passed by the planet shortly before the Enterprise arrived. Kirk then begins to lose his memory and displays advanced arthritis. Scott, McCoy, Lieutenant Galway, and Spock also show signs of aging at a rate of 30 years per day, but Chekhov curiously does not. Spock then finds the source of the affliction, apparently the comet whose tail Gamma Hydra 4 passed through, is emitting a low-level radiation. Commodore Stocker becomes increasingly concerned about Kirk's condition and forces Spock to hold a competency hearing. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Galway dies of old age and Chekhov continues to remain unaffected. Kirk is found incompetent and Commander, or rather Commodore Stocker takes over. He orders the Enterprise to head to, directly to Starbase 10 through the neutral zone. Meanwhile, Kirk and McCoy realized that the one difference between their experience on the planet and Chekhov's was that Chekhov was scared to death upon encountering the dead body. McCoy recalls that early investigation showed adrenaline to be a potentially useful drug from combating radiation, although it was subsequently abandoned when hydrolene was discovered. Spock develops an injection containing adrenaline, and he first tries it on Kirk. Fortunately, the shot is effective, and Kirk is able to assume control of the Enterprise, which is now under attack by the Romulans thanks to Stocker's incompetence in violating the neutral zone. In a clever subterfuge, Kirk transmits a message using Code 2, which has been broken by the Romulans. He claims that the Enterprise has inadvertently strayed into the neutral zone, and he claims he will destroy the Enterprise using the Corbomite device, which will destroy everything within a 200,000-kilometer diameter, and the explosion will leave a, a space void for up to four years, and all Star Trek, uh, excuse me, uh, United Federation of Planet Ships are to avoid it. The Romulans give a little ground lest they be destroyed in the upcoming explosion, and Kirk immediately races out of the neutral zone and into Federation space at warp 8. 
wanted to use this episode to talk about some of the points around illness and aging. Uh, this was, I think, a really wasted opportunity in treating the illness as really scary disease of the week instead of a chance to reflect on the inevitability of growing old since every other episode seems to reference how everyone wants to stay young and beautiful and never grow old. Kirk's old man performance almost uh, moved into parody with uh, a Jimmy, almost a Jimmy Cagney impersonation, but it was... Um, perhaps never intended to be a serious examination of aging. The characters could have just easily been struck by a purple mind-affecting space pox for the purpose of the storyline. The aging aspect was there to create mystery and give viewers the fun of seeing familiar characters behaving oddly. If it doesn't hold up today, uh, although I'm not saying it doesn't, perhaps our expectations have changed. It was also a pleasant to so uh, surprise to see Stalker depicted not as an antagonist being confrontational, but someone who's generally trying to help his fellow Starfleet officers, although he obviously did lack the experience to carry it through, even though he was quite gracious at the end when he said, quote, I am quite aware of what a starship can do with the right men at the helm, end quote. So what are today's three compliance takeaways? Compliance and storytelling through visual aids, and perhaps color can be uh, one of the ways that you use storytelling to get your message is of compliance across. Uh, the second issue uh, that came up for me was training. Uh, and this came from Chekhov's reaction to seeing a dead body. It's uh, one of the early scenes in the book, or rather the episode, and here Chekhov screams very loudly when he sees a dead body. Well, this is a uh, Starfleet Academy trained officer. Uh, I would have hoped that uh, he would have perhaps taken an autopsy class or done something to prepare himself uh, for the fact that people die. And people die in space. People die in combat. There are accidents. Certainly a red shirt is going to have a very difficult uh, uh, existence on the Enterprise, as we all know. But I was really surprised that he would have this reaction uh, going forward. And then finally, uh, this issue, uh, I think, really uh, drives home uh, what to do when uh, someone becomes uh, really too old to do the job and its competency. The Department of Justice requires that you have adequate, but more importantly, competent uh, compliance professionals in your organization. So what do you do to make sure that the, their competency is at the level the DOJ uh, requires and mandates? Do they have additional ongoing training? Do you send them to conferences? Do you uh, have them get certification? Do you have them write? Do you have them blog? Do you have them do podcasts? What can you do to show the competency and quality of your compliance professionals going forward? Uh, this is something that the, the DOJ has increasingly brought scrutiny to, and it's something that you're going to uh, need to consider in your compliance program as well. Join us tomorrow when we take up the episode Obsession in Trekking Through Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.